everyone. I'm Dr. Susie Green, founder and CEO of the Positivity Institute, and welcome to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series four, where I'll be chatting to those pioneers of positive education, those that have forged forward in their mission to create flourishing students, staff, and whole school communities. I'll be speaking to POSED pioneers from various schools around Australia over coming weeks to talk with them about their experiences and journeys in positive education. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm speaking with Shana Bennett, the Deputy Principal of Sacred Heart College in South Australia, and Alex Dighton, the Head of Marsland Campus at Sacred Heart College. In Shana's 25-year career as a Catholic educator, she's taught and led in both primary and secondary school settings. Her leadership experience includes deputy principal and principal positions. In more recent years, she was a leader in the amalgamation of Sacred Heart College and Marymount College. In her current position as deputy principal of Sacred Heart College, Shana works both across the Marcelin and Champagnat campuses and also supports the leadership of the college boarding house. Shana recognises the importance of preparing young people for life in which they can grow as individuals and where contributing to the local and global world has never been more important. Alex has been an educator for the past 13 years after an earlier career in government and public relations. He's held a number of educational leadership roles, including Deputy Principal, Director of Students and House Leader. In his current role as Head of Marsland Campus, Alex is a member of the College Executive and has responsibility for the day-to-day running of Marsland Campus. Alex has a special interest in student wellbeing and the strong connection between wellbeing and learning. Well, welcome, Shana and Alex from Sacred Heart in South Australia. How are you both today? Well, thanks, Susie. Yeah, great. Thanks, Susie. Good to be with you. And thank you so much for joining me. So I'm trying to think back, but I think, Alex, my first uh, interaction with Sacred Heart was with you yes, directly. And that may have been, what, four or five years ago now? Would that be right? Yeah, I think it was 2017. Wow. Yeah. How would you describe what's happened at Sacred Heart since that time? Yeah, well, I'll let Shana do that. Yeah, I think Alex's first um, interactions with you, Susie, were post the amalgamation that we had with um, Marymount College in 2018, I think it was. Uh, Sacred Heart started the process of amalgamating with an all-girls diocesan school, Marymount College, and um, here we are in 2021 and we're in the third year of uh, the amalgamation and having a co-ed middle school campus down at Mitchell Park. Wow. Shana, can you tell us a little bit more about Sacred Heart then? Sure. So Sacred Heart, uh, this year we've got just over 1,900 students and we're split across two different campuses. We have our Champagne campus, which is down at Mitchell Park, and that's for students in year seven to nine. And we've got around 930 students down there at the moment. And then we have year 10, 11 and 12 on our senior campus, which is called Marcelin Campus, and that's at Summerton Park. So for many years, Sacred Heart Senior School has been here on um, Summerton Park, and it's only been in more recent times that we've become one college through the amalgamation with Marymount as well. So we are now a year seven to year 12 co-educational college. We're based in southwest Adelaide. We find many many of our families are old scholars and very connected to the community. 
And we have a lot of the students that come to us come from a pathway from the many parish primary schools that we have in the southwest here of Adelaide. Wow. And of course, a lot of POSED work has actually been done in Adelaide, hasn't it? In many ways, the pioneering state, I would say, in, in POSED. And have you found some of the students coming on board uh, through the parish schools have already been exposed to the approaches of wellbeing science and positive education? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think each each individual school has taken its own take on how they've implemented elements of positive education. And then what we've tried to do is when they come to Sacred Heart, we upskill them in the language that we use to describe what's happening in the space of positive education. And I suppose some of the impetus for doing this really came from the amalgamation because mm-hmm. we wanted to have something that really brought the students from what was then Marymount College and Sacred Heart Middle School together so that they were using the same language. We also saw that there was a lot happening for the students, staff and families around that time of amalgamation. So we wanted to have something that would be supportive to all, but then something that we could continue on for many years to come. So about 2017, is that uh, right? I guess the, the formal commencement of the journey, would that be right? Well, it sort of actually varied because... The different campuses, or the, as they were at the time, different schools were actually uh, had started and were engaging with little bits of positive ed in their own spaces. And so that's yeah. When I made contact with you, Susie, the senior school hadn't done much to date, but the middle school and Marymount had. And so yeah, really, it was it was when the amalgamation happened, as Shana's mentioned, that we really had this college wide approach that we wanted to facilitate to support our students. And Alex, how many staff are there across both uh, campuses? Yeah, well, that's a good question, Sean. I might be able to confirm, but I think it's about almost 300 staff, which is a variety of obviously teaching and ESO and educational support staff across the college. Right, and we've been really fortunate and uh, are very grateful for the opportunity to have worked with you over this period of time. And we've run a number of, uh, I guess, educational sessions with staff over over the years. What would you say now in terms of knowledge of wellbeing science of the staff? How would you say they're sitting right now? I think really good. The, the sessions, the workshops that you have facilitated with our staff uh, have been really well received. And our staff have really appreciated because of that that great thing about positive uh, psychology and positive education because it's a real focus on personal well-being and so seeing the strengths of that. So our staff have really engaged with those workshops and really enjoyed them and got a lot out of them, I think, from both a personal and a professional sense. In terms of knowledge, it's still an area where whenever there's professional learning, I think staff take on and enjoy the that theory, but it's about making that connection with their practice and there's yes. still that's where we need to continue to support them to implement their positive positive education positive psychology principles and apply it to their practice to assist our, the outcomes for our students so I so still say that's an area where we, we are still growing would you say Alex and Shannon there are existing opportunities for what we might call in coaching, as you'd know, that reflective space where they can not just, I guess, you know, fill them up with the latest research on or, you know, science, but actually, as you said, make those connections to their professional practice. Or where does that happen? Yeah, yes, um, there is. And so we actually, we've got a professional development cycle, which all, each of our teaching staff 
take part in and, and we have a, a modified version for our educational support staff and staff can choose to reflect on a goal which might align with positive education, the, with our positive education goal for our college. So that is they have that opportunity to think about, well, how can I implement what I've got? What's my goal for this year? It might be to implement a part of positive practice into their work. So that's one way that we're getting that reflective or building in a chance for reflective practice regarding this space. That's fantastic. And Shana, there there is a POSED committee. Can you tell me a little bit about the creation and uh, the continuance of that POSED committee and how they work? Yeah, so after the initial um, year, so because we've got the two-campus structure and giving the, the initial three-day training to both campuses, we couldn't do them within the same year. So after we had both campuses trained, we wanted to keep the momentum going and we thought it was uh, really important to establish a committee of interested people. So not only just saying, right, the leadership have to be involved in this. So we put um, an expression of interest out across the college for those and it was, you know, unlimited number of people um, that wanted to be involved. So we've probably got about 15 people from um, both campuses that come together a couple of times of term and Alex, I think you would agree with this too. Some of the discussions that we have at those meetings, I think we will walk away from them and our own well-being has been yeah. well supported because we're talking about really positive ways that we can support not only staff and students in the school. And we've had people come and go from those committees as well as they've gone into other roles, but it's always great to get together and see the new ideas and people you know, looking for new ways that we can further embed the work that we're doing. And I think one of the other things that we've really taken on board as we've gone through this journey, positive education needs to start with self. So our committee really looks at what we're doing to support the staff because we know we've got to live it before we can teach it. And while we're looking at curriculum and where we can embed it in curriculum and tweak it and fix it and do this and that, a real focus area is what are we doing to support the staff as well. I love that, Shana. And what about, I guess, through COVID? I've, I've been asking some of the schools that we were working with pre-COVID whether they felt that having, uh, I guess, access to the skills or some knowledge and skills pre-COVID has assisted in, in any way. What would be your thoughts on that? Yeah, Alex, maybe you would like to speak here about what we've done with our Hearts at Home program and the wellbeing side of it. Yeah, sure. Well, it's certainly been a challenge, you know, the the online learning space for all schools and all educators is a challenge. So what we've looked to do is what are the ways we can, I guess, authentically or appropriately sort of support wellbeing during that. And so we've created a a package which hearts at home and that includes wellbeing check-ins that we do, we continue our homeroom structures and, and sort of we look for ways for house structures. I mean, probably I'm thinking about we've, we've been lucky, uh, Susie, that our lockdowns have been short. So yes. we actually, I would say that if we were to go into a longer lockdown, we've got a bit of a framework which we actually haven't had to implement as much yet and that would lead to more ways of how do we find connections to support our students, how do we find spaces to bring them together with our house because we obviously have a house structure and that's fundamental to creating our learning community and so we've got a few ideas about how we continue to do that in an online space. I would say that our 
well-being side and, and even our teaching, the way we've thought about that is we have thought about POSED principles in the advice we're providing to our students and, and to our staff. And even look with the information booklet talks about their own well-being, taking breaks, mindfulness, looking for opportunities throughout the day. In fact, if anything, we're more explicit in that uh, Home for All Hearts package about those things and sometimes we are when the students are at school. So it's certainly been, I think, very useful for us to have a positive framework during COVID to kind of assist us in, in supporting our students. And Shana, there is a framework, a, a Sacred Heart College Living and Learning Framework. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So along with the, the work that we've been doing in positive education, in the establishment of the whole college, and particularly Champagne Campus, we wanted to try to bring our three main elements into a framework that shows to our staff, our students and our wider community what we're on about at Sacred Heart. So the elements that we've got within that is our Catholic Marist identity, our learning, and then our well-being, of which we use the principles of positive education. So our Catholic Marist identity was relatively simple because there are already Marist characteristics that have been in play at the college for many, many years. So they really form the foundation of our framework and we see that each of those pillars are entwined with elements of learning and well-being. We also um, then had a look at the characteristics that we thought successful learners at Sacred Heart needed and we were guided by our work in visible learning over the last couple of years to develop that. So we've developed four characteristics which are being responsible, curious, relational and courageous as our learner characteristics. And then on top of that, we looked at what are the pillars that support us within wellbeing and positive education to help us be who we want to be at Sacred Heart. So through the POSED committee and then through staff consultation and student consultation, we came up with five pillars that we felt were really important to us at Sacred Heart. Character strengths, resilience, healthy habits, relationships and purpose. And then we've created all of those elements into one framework, which is called the Sacred Heart Living and Learning Framework. And then we've gone and done further information sessions that we've shared online and individual sessions for students to unpack each element of that framework. Wow, fantastic. It's so wonderful to see the science brought, brought to life. Could I ask a little bit about purpose? always find that a really interesting one and particularly I guess for for younger students and what's been your approach to in the introduction of I guess the topic a big topic like purpose for some of the younger students? I think with purpose it's also been around working with our younger students about goal setting and also helping them to see and as I said earlier that purpose is or all of our pillars are very much interrelated. So if we think about our Marist characteristics, where does purpose fit into that? So, you know, at Sacred Heart, family spirit and presence are really important. So if you're looking at your own sense of purpose, how does that fit into being present? How does that fit into family spirit? 
How does that fit into our notion of love of work, simplicity, and also in the way of Mary? So for our younger students in particular, we've tried to get them to set goals. And that also links to the work that they do with their own learning, setting their learning goals, but trying to see that their own individual purpose is as much about them as it is about making a difference to other people. And that's what we try to embed in them. But I certainly don't think we've got it nailed and we could probably be doing a lot more in that space. Alex, do you want to add anything about what we might have been doing for the students at Marceline Campus? Yeah, I would say certainly goal setting has been part of it. But I think it's just to add is it's providing opportunities. So activities to provide a sense of purpose. And that's something that, that we've, I, I would say, you know, before we engage in positive, we did really well here. Is uh, we provide lots of opportunities for students to be involved beyond the learning and in extracurricular activities, and that definitely gives a sense of purpose. So that would be obviously some sporting activities, music and arts, and then also social justice initiatives. And that highlights, I think, a point that certainly is part of our journey. One of the things that we've certainly appreciated is that we've created this framework and we've then spent some time thinking about what are the things we currently do there's current drivers that support each and we do a lot yeah. and it's been a great endorsement and affirmation of a lot of the work that we had been doing and then starts to go well, all right where what are the things we could do and probably i think the goal setting in pastoral care sessions and in our sort of our, our homeroom is an example of something we probably weren't doing as much. So we're providing opportunities, but maybe we needed to spend a bit more time on, you know, on helping them as students to make that link between maybe the opportunities that exist and their own personal purpose. So really setting meaningful goals. And uh, I mean, there was a classic paper called Not All Goals Are Created Equal, I think is the correct title, uh, but really highlights that it's not goals for goals sake. But uh, I think but particularly at an early age, introducing this to young people can really help build, I guess, a sense of meaning and purpose in their lives, particularly when they're uh, making progression towards those personally meaningful goals as well. What about now some of your learnings? Because you've both been, as we know, on this journey for a while now. Is there any words of wisdom that you'd pass on for those that might be listening that are at the fairly early stages? Shana, maybe start with you. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said earlier of it starts with self. And when we started with the training for the staff and then it has since rolled it out for all staff, not just teaching staff, but all staff across yes. the college, we really promoted it by this is not another professional learning that is something for you to go and then implement in the classroom. This is time that we're in and space that we're investing in you. So knowing and understanding the principles of positive psychology for self before you can then teach it to others, I would say that's something that has been really important on the journey and something that we have to continue to do. And look, for example, at our we have a staff briefing on each campus every Monday morning and each week we take one character strength and have that for the, as a Love focus it. for the strength. Yeah. So this morning at Marceline Campus, our, our strength, was about um, teamwork and the staff member who was identifying their strengths gave some examples of things that have been happening in the college that were great examples and Fantastic. then they profiled one staff member who had that as one of their top character strengths. I so love it. We keep that on the agenda as much as we can because that constant reminder 
this isn't just something we do for students. This is something that we do for us. And I think the other greatest learning is this is not an add-on project. It's not something that has a timeline of, all right, we're going to do this for three years and then see. What our goal is, is really to make it, it is part of the language, it is part of who we are at Sacred Heart. It's not an add-on, it's not a program, it's who we are, how we think and how we act. I love that. And that integration, as you said previously, around Marist Foundation with learning and with wellbeing, which uh, I've been reflecting on with a number of schools I've been talking to lately about how in the early days that they were so separate. And uh, it's so wonderful to see the evolution where they're much more integrated now. Absolutely. Yeah. Certainly they, they have to go hand in hand. Absolutely. And while I'm thinking about staff, what about the onboarding of staff? Do you have any advice around onboarding of new staff that perhaps may not have come from a school where this was the approach? Yeah, that's a great question. And it has something that um, has certainly taken, we've taken that into consideration. So being a college the size that we are, we do have a lot of new staff come on board, um, mainly at the start of the year, but then throughout the year. So we have, as part of our positive education committee, but also our leaders of professional practice, at the induction day at the start of the year, there is time dedicated to upskilling our new staff in our living and learning framework and then going into the different elements as well. We've had some staff as well this year who hadn't had the opportunity to um, know much about positive education. So then we also provided them with some professional learning as well. And then I think into the future, what we'd be looking to do is when we have new staff is assigning them a mentor in the learning space and also in the wellbeing space that can then start to support them as they get to know the way of Sacred Heart and get to know our meta language of learning and wellbeing. Wow. And what about you, Alex? Any words of wisdom? I would just emphasise that point about like really thinking about what you currently do and how that fits in with your framework. And I think for us, when we developed our framework and we came up with our key pillars, we then actually spent some time working out what are the current drivers that we currently do within our college to support it. And Mm -hmm. I think, as I mentioned earlier, that was really affirming. We actually do a lot that really supports positive education within that. And so whilst we might not have used the language, I think that was a really important thing because like, and to emphasise Shana's point, it meant that it wasn't seen just as a, some sort of new project. It's actually building on in a really organic way what we currently do and looking for a way to, to develop greater understandings of why we do a number of different initiatives to support student wellbeing. And so, that, yeah, I think that's a really important learning because I think all schools do lots of great things and just making sure that you're not you're not just focused on perhaps a deficit model of on, we need to do all these new things. I actually go, well, no, we're already doing lots of great things in this space. So that was that was a really useful learning for us, I think. And Alex, what about the parents? What, what uh, communications or engagement have the parents had around your? I know you've also created a couple of great videos, which we can share on our Facebook page too. Which I think that's always such an inspiring way to communicate. But yeah, what about the parents? Yeah, well, the video certainly was one way that we've done, um, and it certainly is a challenge and probably an area we still are thinking about the ways to engage our parents with it. We actually had a parent forum lined up, but COVID um, has prevented that. Challenging, Uh, yeah. Yes, Uh, and that's something we'd be keen to do, but then acknowledging that perhaps 
relying on those traditional sort of parent forums might be something that we get harder and harder for the, for the next foreseeable future. But that's one area. I think it's also about how we, um, and probably this is a future goal for us, is to continue to develop our wellbeing literacy uh, and posed literacy. And, mm. and really that's a way that we can, if that flows through, a lot of the way we communicate with our students, with our staff with our parents that's going to help support a greater understanding and knowledge of that so yeah i would say that's a key goal that remains how we ensure that we can we engage our parents in positive as well i did mean to ask shana about measurement and uh, i know we've had some previous communication and you are in the early stages of uh, utilizing a catholic ed south australia tool is that right that's right so catholic education south australia this time last year, launched what they call the Pulse Check Survey, which is done once a term and around the middle point of the term. And it's a wellbeing check-in and it asks a range of questions of learners. And there's two different surveys. One is designed for primary students and one is designed for secondary students. So we've been starting to utilise that and to analyse the data that we get in. I'd say for us, It's in the early stages because when we're using a tool for over 1,900 students, there's some administrative matters that have to be perfect for us to be able to analyse the data appropriately. But I would say the tool has excellent potential and it can certainly help us measure against our pillars and also as that wellbeing check-in to see where are our young people Is there a certain time of the year that things are getting tricky for them? Are there things that we know that we need to do from what we're seeing in the results of the survey that we can start to implement earlier? Are there patterns? So I think that the the tool has certainly, as I said, got lots of potential. We were thinking of creating our own measurement tool, Mm -hmm. but you know, here in South Australia, Sacred Heart is very proud to be part of Catholic yes, Education in South Australia. And the data is useful for the wider system um, as it is very useful for us as well. Absolutely. And and at staff, any uh, measurement of staff wellbeing at this point? Or? No, I'd say that's something that we're still looking at and yep. is probably an opportunity for us to, to use in the future. Fantastic. Well, you're doing so much. Is there a story, perhaps start with you, Alex, one story that you might be able to share that sort of highlights uh, the impact or power in, in a sense of, uh, of adopting a POS Ed, whether that's for yourself, a student or another staff member. I can't be too specific in, in the sense that I just remember have this really powerful recollection of a moment where the when we did our training with staff and we, we were using the character strengths and the session was on character strengths and the facilitator got all of our staff to line up and they got the character strength cards all in the middle and staff were randomly aligned and they had to pick up a card and go to someone on the opposing, that their partner on the opposite side and provide oh. that affirmation. And I remember taking part of it and having someone I didn't have much of a connection come up and, you know, explain a strength that they thought I had and doing the rubber. And I just remember that was a moment for me where I thought, this is a framework, this is a, a model, this is science that it really can support developing stronger relationships within our community. And I just remember and the buzz that that created and it's such a simple thing, but it just create a real buzz and a real energy and uh, and it certainly confirmed that 
the journey we 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 are on to develop or to implement POSED uh, was definitely the right one. Yeah, the strength spotting, I've done it probably over 100 times, I would say. Even just listening to you now, I get goosebumps because I just recall just how powerful it is and particularly in terms of building HQCs, those high-quality connections. Mm -hmm. Such a powerful exercise. Thank you. And what about you, Shana? I've probably got two things that I'm thinking about. The first one was earlier this year. We rolled out a one-day training for all of our support staff and Mm. it was meant to happen last year but COVID prevented it. So it's been a little while coming. And in the lead up to the day, I had some staff saying, oh, I probably don't need to go to that. I'm okay with that. Um, I've got lots of other work to do. And I was just, you know, gently saying, no, it's really important that, you know, you go, this is a day for you, et cetera. And I think I almost felt that my inbox was getting spammed (laughs) afterwards with people saying, thank you so much for this opportunity. I wasn't really sure what to expect, but particularly in this COVID time, having the day out to really focus on ourselves and our own well-being was really important. So, you know, that really stood out as, you know, like, wow, we're actually making a difference. And that was amazing. And the other the other story, earlier I referenced how at the beginning of each week we highlight a different character strength. And over at Champagne campus, they've got a character strength wheel, which they spin Yes, I've got one of those. Is yeah, that it just Geelong brings back all great. these um, <laughs> memories of watching Wheel of Fortune and you're just <laughs> wondering right. what comes up. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end of the week there's chocolate bars and things oh, that are, are shared as because then throughout the week staff are encouraged to see a strength in action and then they're shared at the end of the week. But, yeah, the, the Wheel of Fortune of character strengths is something, a story that – and every week when we do it at Champagne – it just brings a smile to everyone's face. Yeah. Like, what a lovely way to start the week. So you spin it and where which strength it lands on, then people are encouraged to report back as to where they've seen that strength in action or how they've used it. Is that what you uh, said? It's strength spotting in other people. So In others, yeah. yeah fantastic. So they've got the week, the week to do it and find it and we've got yeah. a little box in the staff room that they write down. They've seen this, this person Aww. demonstrate that strength this week. So, it's yeah, it's pretty exciting. Oh, I yeah. love it. And we do a slightly different version of at the senior campus where we just we profile a staff member and the character strengths. We don't have the wheel yet, but and then in that week um, we need to order Alex, get yes, the wheel. <laughs> uh, in that week then people are encouraged to strength spot that strength in, in people as well. So we have that that's similar. We're just using the opportunity to profile individual staff members as well, particularly our new staff members. Um, nice. Yeah. Is that an anonymous? They don't know that they're being profiled in advance? No, or? no they do. Yes. All right. I might get it. might not be so positive for someone to be surprised on the day, but no, I send them a bit of a, a form um, and get oh. information from them in advance and then. That's so good. I've yeah. seen um, in organisations when they're having their, their weekly uh, Zoom meeting where they've taken the same approach but they invite members of the team so at a smaller level team level where each team member each week can uh, introduce themselves and share a little bit about their home environment which I think has really you know helped highlight uh, I guess the humanity of us all not just being at work but also through the lens of their character strengths so it's been a really lovely way to build positive relationships. 
We will put up information. I'm fairly sure that Geelong Grammar still, you can still purchase the wheels, but we'll double check that and put that up on our Facebook. I have one and we love it as well. So finally, any uh, recommendations for resources, books or podcasts that uh, that you found helpful? Yeah, I think for me, it's going on recommendations from other people as well, but trying to find things that connect in some way. So I know for us earlier in the year or for myself over the summer, I listened to the Resilience Project and took the elements of GEM and then related it back to what we're doing. So, you know, following the work of Q van Kallenberg and then just finding other elements that link. Through our Marist Association, we had a, a talk and that focused on the works of Pope Francis. And then it was about making connections between what Pope Francis is saying about going out and being missionaries Mm. and linking that to purpose. So it's finding the links, whether it be formal or informal links or through podcasts or books, but always bringing it back to our why. Why are we doing this? Fabulous. And, yep, we're uh, we're fans of uh, Hugh's work here at the Positivity Institute as well. And you mentioned Jem, so he's really highlighting gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness. So a wonderful, uh, wonderful book as well and approach. And what about you, Alex? Yeah, well, I think, and, and we touched on this before, that we are really fortunate in South Australia that we have a number of schools who are engaging in in positive education. And that's obviously that we were lucky to have a thinker of residence. Um, Martin Seligman come to South Australia many, many years ago that's and right. worked with the, with the government and that meant that there was a, there's a number of government and public schools that are engaging, and then a number of private and then Catholic schools who are who are engaging in positive education. So there's actually a lot of schools who we can mm. touch base with, and certainly St Columba is I know a school that you've yes. worked with heavily as well, and we've touched base with them over their framework and some of their approaches to wellbeing. Also working through the the local chapter of Pisa yeah. and getting ideas from them and we even did a visit of St Peter's St Peter's College to get a sense of yeah. how they they implemented positive education albeit a, a very different context to ours but it yes. was still it was still useful to to get ideas about some of the simple things that they had done to implement positive education framework so yeah that's certainly been a really useful thing and something that I I think is advice anyone beginning the positive journey is to is to make connections with the school who have already begun their journey and might be further along and work out how that can be used in your your own context. Yes, great advice and uh, very much in line with the spirit of positive psychology or positive education, isn't it? That generosity and that sharing. And uh, it's so wonderful that you have really created what I think when when Marty Seligman was down there, that concept of the activating hub of community well-being, creating that ripple effect, and uh, you've certainly uh, created that and continue to create that down in South Australia, and particularly the the Catholic schools that we've also been fortunate to work with. So thank you so much to both of you. You've both uh, been a joy to work with on our behalf. It's been, I'm thanking Kate and the team that have also spent time working with you and uh, you continue to inspire so many people around you. So thank you so much for joining us today and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Susie. Thank you so much for listening to the Pioneers of Positive Education podcast series four. 
If you're enjoying the series and you're a school leader who wants to take a strategic and sustainable approach to POSED, contact us at info at thepositivityinstitute.com.au to find out how we might work with you and your school. In the meantime, you might like to check out my new podcast, The Positivity Prescription, available on iTunes and Spotify. And don't forget to sign up for our free e-news at the Positivity Institute website, where you'll be kept in the loop for all things positive. Bye for now.